We're back with another episode of It's Not the End of the World. I'm your host, Stephen, and I'm here to talk about something today that is very near and not so dear to me, and that is insomnia. <clears throat> yes, that's right. I've been having trouble sleeping now for about the past couple of months, I would say, something like that. And uh, I think it's a, it'll be a nice change of pace for the the types of things we talk about on the show. This one's going to be more of a personal take. So <clears throat> they're calling it now coronasomnia because of how it, there's been an uptick in the cases of insomnia during the pandemic. And there are a lot of reasons for it. Trust me, I have taken quite a lot of time to do the research because it is no fun not getting enough sleep on a lot of nights of the week. <clears throat> so I guess first of all, it's, it's worth mentioning that there are different forms of insomnia that can take place, and I guess two big categories that uh, insomnia is often divided into are acute in insomnia and chronic insomnia. So acute insomnia occurs... Uh, usually temporarily and only for a couple of days. And people usually recover from that, and that can be due to um, moderate disturbances like psychological things that have happened or maybe like a recent death in the family or a breakup, <clears throat> whatever it might be. And then there's the chronic insomnia, which occurs over a long period of time, and that usually has um, days where, like in my case, I'm sleeping only a few hours every night, and then, uh, not every night, sorry, I, I'm sleeping a few hours, a few nights of the week, and then the rest of the week I'm sleeping, uh, pretty normal sleep, I'd say adequate, you know, six, seven, eight hours maybe. But it goes back and forth like that, because you catch up on sleep on those days where you're you uh, are just so exhausted, and <clears throat> it's pretty, pretty problematic. There's a, a lot of reasons why sleep is so important. I mean, it, it's actually like, I mean, it's supposed to reset our body in some ways. Like we we have fallen to these circadian rhythms, and and it's regulated by our hormones and really our activities and our daily life, and our diet, and, and all of that can be affected when we don't have enough sleep. And really, insomnia was a problem before COVID, obviously. I think, actually, a large percentage of Americans are affected by insomnia. Uh, probably a lot of them don't even realize it. It's just a, a matter of uh, the fact that they, they work uh, weird hours or they have gotten so used to a routine of sleeplessness that it, it becomes normal and it, it probably impacts their health but they they don't really uh find ways to to tackle the problem uh maybe it's because it's work related it's kind of hard to really mitigate the the problem of lack of sleep so i just want to um you know reach out to maybe any listener who is also struggling with this, maybe if it's related to COVID or not. Um, I'm still really trying to figure that out in my case. I I think it's related to COVID. There's probably other factors at play. 
I can't figure it out. I've talked to people. I've talked to my my family. I've talked to friends. Um, I don't know. It could be anything. <clears throat> really, it becomes a burden on me trying to think about it, honestly, because I'm just trying to get to sleep. And it's not helpful to think about how you can't get to sleep if you're trying to get to sleep. So, yeah, like I said, it comes in cycles and really there's no way around it other than taking medication. Taking medication or, in my case, because I refrain from trying to in- induce or ingest uh, drugs into my system, I I resort to things like uh, herbal therapies, like teas and and uh, extracts, things like that. I'm about to try something tonight, actually, which is, uh, what do you call it? Valerian root extract. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but... Yeah, there's a lot of things, there are a lot of remedies out there that can help the problem. Uh, There are actually cognitive behavioral therapy options for people who, who suffer from chronic insomnia because a lot of times what happens is people fall into a certain habit or routine that uh, is often mental and it will trigger anxieties and and things that prevent people from falling asleep now in my case i i'm i'm actually pretty certain that it might not be related to that like anxiety related and and other things of that realm in the mental health because i've been doing fairly well for myself for the past few years i would say and I don't think there have been any recent upsets that I've haven't that I've been aware of. So it's probably not that in my case, but I'm sure that it can be for other people. And cognitive behavioral therapy might be an option if you're not really looking to go the the medical route and treat with uh, what what the what are they called Ambien, I guess, and benzodiapines. I've looked up the different different drugs that they have available and yeah those don't sound fun some of them are actually used to treat depression too because insomnia and depression are are highly correlated and um it's it's an interesting subject so when it comes to trying to develop a pattern of of your life to get into a better routine to help you sleep there are some some tips that i've read up on and some of them are interesting enlightening things i wouldn't have thought of before um some of them you might have heard of or or might be interesting to you as well but uh when it comes to uh stimulation so before you go to bed what do you occupy your time with? What what occupies your attention? For a lot of people, it's actually their phone or some kind of electronic device. And they actually say that the light that comes from these devices, because it's artificial, it, it affects your circadian rhythms in the way that our, our circadian rhythms are 
tuned to the light cycles of night and day. So if we're taking in artificial light, it is disrupting that, especially if it's a night when, when, let's say, the sun is down, but you're still looking at the source of light that's beaming into your eyes. So it can be negative for you if that is a chronic thing or a routine thing where you're paying attention to social media or whatever it might be on your phone before you go to bed. So it's best to limit that. And also, if you're, if you're getting ready for bed, try to follow a routine that invi- involves winding down. Um, some people have taken up things like meditation practices to wind down, and there are other things like taking a bath. That might not be a regular thing for somebody, uh, especially if you don't have insomnia, let's say, and you, and, uh, you actually take showers <laughs> rather than baths. But uh, in the times where you might have had a particularly stressful day, it might be useful to, to uh, implement that strategy as well. Um, I don't do that myself. I don't really like baths. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's weird to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess I used to take them when I was younger, but, but anymore, I don't know. Showers are the way to go for me. Um, and so there, there's some other strategies here that I thought were interesting. So if you're using your bedroom for anything, you should use it for just sleep. And sex, I guess, if that is a part of your life. So that's important because uh, psychologically it plays a trick on you if you use your bedroom for things that are like uh, work-related activities or creative things. For a certain amount of time, I actually had my computer set up in my room. And that was due to the pandemic causing me to have to relocate my what I do to make money. So uh, I work from home because of the pandemic, and I had to move it upstairs because, you know, other people were at home too, and they are doing other activities, and it interrupts things that I'm doing for work sometimes. And, and also, if it's upstairs, well, then I'm also using it for for other things like like writing music, because that's something I do as a hobby. So I spent a lot of time with it up there, maybe a couple months. I think that had some effect on on my disrupted sleep patterns, because after doing that for a while, that's, w- that's when I noticed the insomnia start to, to flare up. But uh, it definitely is something that you want to avoid so just keep that bedroom for for very special uh, purposes only for sex or sleep and and reserve all other activities to different parts of the house and um, make sure you're getting exercise you don't want to um, fall into a low activity routine because when you're not getting enough exercise your body is storing up a lot of energy and you at what you take in from what you eat you have to release in the form of exercise or else 
it can lead to those nights where you're, where you're up thinking about things, and that's certainly not good. So, a lot of these might seem obvious, like I said before. So, um, getting sunlight, you know, th- this is just all around, like, not just for insomnia, but for overall well-being. Um, and avoiding things like um, caffeinated beverages, even though you might want to because you are exhausted and you can't stay awake during the day because you haven't slept at night, it is actually good to avoid things that increase your heart rate or decrease your heart rate, for that matter, alcohol. Um, Usually people resort to coping mechanisms, but it's actually best to address the problem at its core and, and adjust your behavior patterns so you can really treat insomnia properly to effectively get rid of it. And that just brings you back to the, you you know, don't rely on sleep medication. You don't want to because it doesn't actually uh, get rid of the problem. So, yeah, um, I will be trying to get to sleep tonight. (laughs) I just hope that my herbal supplements work and that I don't become dependent on them. So I might try the cognitive behavioral therapy. And I hope that anybody out there that is also suffering from sleeplessness or disrupted patterns from COVID-19, that they, that they try to seek out help or, or find solutions or maybe even just try to define what's going on with them. You know, reach out to talk to somebody. Because there are other health problems, mental health problems especially, that are being created by the circumstances that we're now involved in. So, moving forward, um, next week, I hope to have one of my friends on the show who uh, I had met in an anthropology class, and we get along in many ways about certain topics, uh, I think, and we're going to discuss something that I've brought up periodically on the show, but that I want to get into more because I feel like it gets to the heart of really kind of where I started the show in, in some way. It's, it's this whole philosophical debate about nature and technology because that's something that's interesting to me. It's like, it's like this dichotomy that exists in our world. And it's more obvious to us now at at the point in time we are, where we have our lifestyles more dedicated to to these tools that we use, right? Tools could technology, whatever you want to call it, that that help us uh, make life more efficient, make it easier, make make our lives better in some ways, worse in others. But, but essentially um, allowing us for to uh, allowing us to have new potential and um, power and control in our world over how we live our life. And it's it's really important that we discuss it now at this point in time because of the trajectory that it could go. 
I, I think a lot of the progress that has been made technologically speaking has only occurred within the past 100 200 years something like that and then every time any time before that it was like you know spotty innovations over the course of history and and um yeah it's just interesting how it shapes our world yet it is created by our own ingenuity our own abilities and coming together of different minds different perspectives but it can work against nature in a lot of ways and and we we draw this distinction between it between them and the way we talk about them are they one and the same i don't know we'll get to that i guess next week if we get the interview with my friend so stay tuned if you would like to hear that discussion and we'll return with another episode of It's Not the End of the World.